listening to The Venue Podcast. The Venue is a worship gathering at Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope that this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Hey, if you have your Bible, turn. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so in the habit of saying First John because it's been so long, but not First John. We're turning to Proverbs this morning. The book of Proverbs is where we're going to be. And man, I'm excited about what God is going to do as we study Proverbs this morning. I, uh, a couple years ago, was going to, Lauren and I and some friends, we're going to do a, uh, a kind of s- a small uh, off-roading venture just one afternoon. And uh, we get into where the trails are going to be, like the hills and uh, anyways, into the canyon. And we're fixing to go up the, our first hill. And before we go, my buddy that's kind of leading us comes back uh, to my forerunner and is like, hey, man, like, do you... Um, do you, do you know what you're doing? I'm like, yeah, for sure. I got this. I got this. And he's like, well, like, do you, do you have, does your sway bar disconnect? And I'm like, my what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, do, do you have a, the ability to disconnect your sway bar? And so I like pull out my manual. Keep in mind, we're on the trail. Like it's go time. I start flipping through and he's like, are you able to, to lock your axles? And I'm like, excuse me, what are you talking about? And he looks at me and says, in a very loving way, but he says, bro, do you even know how your vehicle works? <laughs> like, please, before we go on off-roading, please know how your vehicle works. One, so you like, know the full capability you have. And two, so you don't destroy your vehicle. Or like Lauren was uh, pregnant at the time, so you don't like, hurt your wife and small children. <laughs> like, like let's, let's be careful here. I tell that story because the reality is if you know how something functions, you're better able to flourish, right? If you know how something was created and meant to be used, then it's gonna go better for you. If you know how it was designed, then you're going to do well. You think about the book of Proverbs, very much so what God is doing is helping us see how he designed the world, how he designed you and I, how we are to best function in what we call Life, And if we obey and pay attention to the instructions he's given us, then we're more likely to flourish. It's going to go better. I think as we read Proverbs, it's easy to to see them as commands. Like, well, I've got to do this and then this will happen. Got to make sure I obey. And I would say like, that's that's not a terrible way to think of it. Because I mean, we, we should respond and see the authority of the Proverbs. But really they're more of an invitation to a better way to live. So I think about a parent helping their kid and their kid is struggling with a toy and getting frustrated because they can't figure out how to get it to work. This has never happened in our household. I'm not speaking from experience, <laughs> just kidding. But you, you want to help your kid because, hey, if you'll, if you'll pay attention, let me show you how the toy works. Like This is going to be more enjoyable. Or I think about like, a sibling helping, or you're an aunt, uncle helping your nephew, your niece, or your, your little brother or sister, and it's, you're making s'mores. Anybody like s'mores in summertime? Amen. Praise God. By the way, let me change your life. Reese's is the way to go, not Hershey's. Anybody get an amen on that? Oh, that's better than I thought. Way to go, team. Like, yeah, you guys know what's going on. Yeah, but you, you maybe help your, your niece, nephew, your little, little sister, brother, put together a s'more, and you're going to show them, hey, this is a better way to do it. Like, I think about I've showed my kids, trust me, Reese's peanut butter is better than just chocolate. Like, this is something better for you if you'll pay attention. As silly as that is, that there's a reality with the Proverbs that, again, it's not just do this or things are going to be terrible. No, he's inviting you to something better. Again, if you'll live 
as God designed you to live, not that you're gonna just be the most prosperous person ever and life will be perfect. No, but it's gonna go better because you're obeying God. You're, you're paying attention to what he's told you to do. Now, the, the proverb that we are in this morning is Proverbs chapter three. Uh, we're gonna be in verses five through six. And I, I recognize, I was hesitant. I didn't ask, ask uh, Channing and our graphic team not, and they did, they did this, I appreciate it. They didn't put the text on the screen or on your little piece of paper there, if you got that, because I knew was, my, my hunch was that as soon as you saw the verses, you'd be like, oh yeah, I know these verses. Like, yes, I've heard this all the time, right? Like, and, and I get that. Like, you're familiar with these verses, but don't let the fact that you're familiar with it keep you from realizing that God has something for you this morning. Like it, it may be the old, old story, but it's still really, really good, right? And I would say like a lot of us have, Howard and I are, are uh, maintenance, uh, what's your official title, Howard? What's your official title? Facilities manager. There we go. Our facilities Amen. <laughs> Howard, our facilities manager and I were talking this morning, like how many people have these verses on a coffee cup? But the reality is these verses look a lot better on you than your coffee cup, like if you'll, if you'll live them out. So I know they're familiar, but I'm gonna ask you to lean in this morning. And with that in mind, um, let's just let's get started with a word of prayer. God, we're grateful for your word. And Lord, I ask that you would Open our eyes and our minds to this text this morning. I know it's familiar, it's familiar to me, but I feel like so many of us, me included, struggle to actually embrace the truth here. We, we are slow to actually live this out. So God, would you help us to, to lean in and to hear from you this morning as we study your word? We know that you speak through your word. God, would you use your spirit within us to speak to us as well? In your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. Proverbs 3, verse 5. We're going to go real slow just through this text and enjoy it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust. I think we're prone to think of trust as something passive, right? Just like, well, okay, God, it's up to you. Uh, trust is not this passive, just like, I'm not going to do anything. Trust is still active, meaning that there's something you do. I think you could define trust this way. Trust is responding to God's guidance and resting in God's goodness. It's responding to God's guidance and resting in God's goodness. So I'm going to trust that what he says is true. He's guiding me through scripture. He's guiding me through the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond accordingly. I'm not going to ignore what he says. And as I respond to what he said, part of trusting is resting, trusting in the fact that he's good, that God actually knows what he's talking about when he gives you instruction, when he gives you, in guidance, gives you guidance, that he is good. Trust in the Lord. Uh, I'm going to assume that you, uh, you've got a good translation of the, of the scriptures there. And that Lord, if you look there, so you've got capital L. And then while it's smaller, O-R-D is a little bit, sorry, it's also capitalized too. Do you see that in your text? So Lord, capital L, big, O-R-D, still capitalized, but a little bit smaller. That's the translator's way of helping us know. This is, in the, in the Hebrew, this is Yahweh, God's covenant-keeping name. 
This is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God who is faithful to his people. So not just, well, this is still awesome, not just the God who created the heavens and the earth, that's who he is, but the God who is personal, who cares about his people, who keeps his promises. That's the God you're trusting in. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So I'm gonna respond to his guidance, rest in his goodness to the covenant keeping God. I know he's good. I know he's faithful. Even when I'm not, I'm gonna trust him with all of my heart. So I'm going all in. Nothing is held back. Makes me think about, I've not done this, but I have friends who have, like uh, folks have gone, gone down to um, Lake Allen Henry and done some cliff jumping into the water. Anybody done that in the room? Uh, I, see, I see you. Way to be bold. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. When, when you jump off a cliff, so we, growing up in Florida, we had this place called Strickland's Landing where they had these big high dives. Everything's flat where, and part of Florida I'm from, so they had to create cliffs, I guess. But when you jump off or jump off at Lake Allen Henry or Possum Kingdom, you, you, there's no way to like carefully and um, with ca- cautiously jump off the cliff, right? Actually, the more cautious you are, the more likely you may get hurt, right? Because you're not going to jump far enough. Or think about, again, um, if you go down to South Texas or more, more in the southeast where you've got all the cypress knees, the big old tree trunks sticking up out of the edge of the water on the shoreline, if you're cautious and you don't jump far enough, you don't jump with your whole heart, you're going to hurt yourself. No one wants to land on a tree trunk. Can I get an amen? Like, you don't want to do that. No, so if you jump with all abandon, it goes better. I think about in, in a, about a month or so, we're going to have... Uh, South Crest night at Water Rampage, the largest water park in Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> and they've got those slides there. And if you go to sit, it's, it's funny, like we've been up there, you've been with your kids, your grandkids, or you're going down and people, they start to go down the slide, but they're scared. So they start hanging onto the sides and trying to stop themselves. It doesn't go well, right? Or if like as you're halfway through and going fast, if, if you try to stop yourself, you're getting nervous. Like, that's not going to go well. You just got to go. You got to go all in. That, that's the picture here, the idea of with all your heart. So I'm not, okay, okay, God, I, I kind of trust you, but like, I'm, I'm kind of hanging on to, to, to what I think is good too. No, you're just abandoning yourself to responding to his guidance and resting in his goodness. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And in case we weren't clear on the like just abandoning and just going all in, he says, and do not rely on your own understanding. So don't think that you've got it all figured out. Well, God, I see what you're saying in your word, but I have some insight that maybe you're not aware of. Like, or like, you know, like, we don't actually literally say this, but I think we often think it like, in our gut. It's internal of, God, do you really have all the facts here? <laughs> Are you really sensing the whole, do you see, do you see everything going on? And he says, don't rely on your own understanding. Like, like recognize that God has more understanding than you. That, that word rely is literally lean on. Like, to, so to find, to find rest, to take a load off, right? So it's hot outside, hot as sweat. Actually, today's kind of nice, amen. But you, you lean against the wall, you're getting tired and hot, and, and you rest. So don't rest, don't rely on your own understanding. You know what's cool about that? Again, I, I think it's an invitation. God is... And telling us not to rely on our own understanding, thinking we haven't figured out. He's actually inviting you to rely on him, to, to 
to rest, to lean on him, that he knows what he's doing, that he has perspective, that he has understanding. Don't rely on your own understanding. Rather, in all, all your ways, every single aspect of your life, every single aspect of your life, know him. All your ways and every path and every moment, know him. I love the CSB here. Uh, it's a more literal translation. It's kind of funny to say, in all your ways, know him. But the more literal translation, I think, is actually helpful here. I think ESV, also good, um, says acknowledge him. And, and that's helpful. Like, so in all your ways, to, to look to God, to acknowledge, hey, what should I do here? What does it look like to trust you in this situation, God? But know him, not only is it literal, but I think it's cool because it conveys the idea of relationship. So in every aspect of my life, I'm not just acknowledging God, like got a business decision. Hey God, what do you think? Hey, quick, now back to my business. Or um, you're, you're thinking about dating. Uh, God, should I do this? Okay, now back to dating. Or um, parenting. Lord, I need to parent. Quick, acknowledge you. Okay, now do my thing. No, in all your ways, know him. So it's not a quick acknowledgement and then back to, to doing your thing, whatever you're working on. No, it's in all your ways, you're walking in tandem, knowing him step by step by step. That God, you're walking with God in an intimate relationship in everything you do, not just doing a quick check-in, but you know him. What happens when you do that? He will make your paths straight. Man, I think we know that's good news, but maybe we're not sure what that means. <laughs> he will make your paths straight. Some translations say smooth. So let's think about the paths that they would have had in the time of the, these were written in Proverbs. These were not paths like going down and getting on I-20 where the speed limit is 80, is it 80 miles an hour? Like, I think it's 80 miles an hour, right? which is awesome, right? I'm not mad, or 75. I drive 85. That's why I think it's 80. But <laughs> Sorry, police officers in the room. <laughs> I'm going to arrest it after this. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have that kind of interstate, right? Paths, the majority of people that were reading this would have immediately thought of a walking path, right? He makes your path straight, makes it smooth. So straight as in unnecessary turns, right? Shortest Way between two points is straight, right? Not taking all these unnecessary turns and winding roads. So if you're in, in Colorado and going through the mountains, it, you're not going very far, like point to point, but man, it can take forever because you're winding everywhere, right? And, and smooth, so think about, again, a walking path. Isn't it nice, like if you're on a, if you're on a walking trail outside somewhere, when there, if there's been enough foot traffic that it's smooth and paved? And if it's not, if it's not smooth by people, you trip all the time. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> if, if there's roots sticking up out of the ground and, and rocks and, and holes and crevices, man, walking becomes difficult. And it feels frustratingly, unnecessarily difficult. But the idea here is that when you're trusting him, relying on 
him. Yes, your, your situation may be painful, but your path is pleasant. He's not saying that when you trust in the Lord with all your heart, life goes perfectly smooth. You never have any problems. Like I, actually, I think following Jesus sometimes invites more hardship, right? Like if you're, how, do you, how could you say that? Ask the disciples, right? Follow Jesus, lost their lives because of following Jesus. Paul faced unending persecution and hardship. So your situation doesn't get easier when you follow Jesus, but your path can be pleasant even when your situation is painful because it's smooth. You're, you're walking with him and he's cutting out all these unnecessary turns and distractions. How many times have you relied on your own understanding and you go off on this tangent way over here and finally just have to do a U-turn and come back to where God wanted you, right? Often, actually, all the time, our way is the hard way. God's inviting you to a smooth, straight path. Now, what's cool in verse, verses seven and eight, it's like Solomon's got this diamond and he's been looking at it, but then he kind of shifts it in the light and it gives us a little different perspective, a little different view of the clarity from a different angle of really kind of the same truth, the same diamond. Verse seven, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So again, it's similar to not relying on your own understanding. Don't think that you have it all figured out, but instead fear God, turn away from evil. Like trust that even though his way may be difficult and may not be as enticing as what the world has, trust him that he is good and turn away from evil. And maybe you're sitting here like, man, what, all, what is up with all this talk of not relying on my own understanding and not being wise in my own eyes? Keep your finger right there in Proverbs 3. But I'm gonna invite you to flip over just a little bit to Proverbs 14. So why shouldn't I rely on my own understanding? Why should I fear the Lord? Why shouldn't I be wise in my own eyes? Chapter 14, verse 12, he says this. There's a way that seems right to a person. <laughs> but its end is the way to death. <laughs> Man, this just seems right to me. I've really got a hunch on this. You know, I haven't really prayed about it. I haven't really read scripture. But just my gut tells me this is a good idea. Solomon says, that way leads to death. Like not to be dramatic or anything. When you do things apart from the Lord and trust in your own wisdom, own understanding, it always leads to pain and shame and heartache because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's not just trying to keep you from fun. From fun. No, God's trying to protect you. He's trying to help you flourish by saying, don't trust in your own ways. Don't do things the way that you think they ought to be done. Do things the way God says they should be done. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And then he says in verse eight of chapter three, this will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. Does that sound good to anybody? A little physical and soul refreshment? You know, we often, especially in a Western context, we're prone to separate. We like to categorize and compartmentalize things. We're prone to separate 
the physical and the spiritual, and we shouldn't. We're prone to to separate the sacred and the secular, and we shouldn't. It's not biblical. All of it is holy. God's saying, when you trust me, when you rely on me, it's good for your body. It's good for your soul. I don't know how many, like me included, how many folks I've talked to, like and we all go through seasons, but man, feel at different times, feel anxious, feel sick to your stomach, feel stuck in this kind of mental fog or just feel exhausted. How many of us have been trying to fix that through the world's remedies or, or um, binging on TV or social media or some substance of some kind? And God's saying, hey, like, if you'll just trust me, that's actually good for your soul. It's actually good for your body. So two things happen when we do verse five, trust in the Lord with all our heart, don't rely on our understanding. Two things. One, he makes our path straight. He makes it smooth. So again, it doesn't take away all difficulty, but he takes away unnecessary, unnecessary difficulties and, and our own foolish wanderings. And he brings refreshment to our souls. He re- brings refreshment to our bodies. So really simply, big idea. You could say it this way. A trusting life is a thriving life. When you, when you trust God, it leads to you thriving. I don't mean all of a sudden you're going to be rich and famous. That's ridiculous. No, but spiritually, and even I would say somewhat physically, you begin to thrive when you do things God's way. When you trust that he knows what he's talking about, that he knows what he's doing. When you live life according to God's plan and not your own. You know, in so many ways, this is, this is really a, a battle between trust and control. Anybody struggle with control in here? You don't have to raise your hand. I appreciate the honesty. Trust and control. The same buddy who was laughing at me about not knowing how my vehicle worked, one time he was talking to our college students and he said, you know, we like to sing in here, uh, uh, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here, right? And and often we sing that song. We're kind of prone, it's easy to just kind of develop this posture of being open-handed towards God. And my buddy told our college students, hey, this posture is not just meant for this room. This posture of being open-handed toward God, of trusting God, is meant for every aspect of your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely on your understanding in all your ways, right? All your ways, not just on Sunday mornings when you're at church. No, in every single aspect of life, open-handed toward God, trusting Him, not controlling things tightly. (laughs) Trust versus control. What does it look like in money? I've got to control money. I'm going to find comfort and stability and security in money. Or, God, I'm going to do with my money what you told me to. I'm going to trust you. So I'm going to rest that you're, rest in knowing you're good, but also respond to your guidance. God, I'm going to give. I'm going to be generous like you called me to give, trusting that you're not just trying to get rid of my money. You know what you're doing. 
I've got I've to make sure I'm the perfect parent. I've got to get him to bed on time. I've got to make sure I read all the right parenting books. I've got to make sure I know all the right methods. And I'm going to do this just right. And when they don't obey me, I'm going to crack down hard. Maybe some not terrible motives there, but controlling is not going to be as thriving as, God, I trust you. I'm going to parent. I'm going to respond to your guidance, how you've called me to parent. But I'm also going to rest that you're good and that I'm just stewarding what is really your child. I've got to control my work. I need to know how to be a better leader. I've got to read the right leadership books. I've got to have the right conversations. I've got to make sure I talk to the right people so I can get that that next promotion. Versus, God, I'm going to trust you. That even the Bible teaches me how to be a good leader. And that ultimately all things are for your glory and your good and our good. And so I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to be faithful wherever you put me. I'm going to bloom where I'm planted. I'm just going to trust you. Oh, man, these emotions are driving me crazy. I feel stressed. I've got to get these under control. Versus, God, I'm struggling. I'm stressed. I'm going to trust you and respond to you when you tell me that I need a Sabbath, that I need to rest. I'm going to trust and respond to you when you tell me that Making time for friendship, making time to study the word is a good and healthy thing. I'm gonna rest knowing that when I do trust you and respond to you, you make my path smooth and straight and you bring refreshment to my heart, my soul, and my mind. How many of us struggling sleeping, feeling antsy all the time, because we're trying to control versus just trust with all of our heart. See, what Solomon is doing here, he's inviting us to choose wisdom of trusting God over worry. I'm going to trust you. Choose wisdom over worry. Worry and control go together. I was talking with some friends uh, uh, recently, and it was a couple, we were just talking through some things, and the, the young man said, I was tr- kind of trying to pro- proactively worry about that. <laughs> and my wife was like, I don't think you need to proactively worry. Like, I don't think, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> worry doesn't, doesn't help. Uh, I think I, I mentioned, I know I have, um, about a month or so ago, but Laura and I, when uh, we got through sabbatical back in March, had a kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity, super cool to go um, to Costa Rica and spend about a week there. And uh, one of the days we went rappelling uh, on some waterfalls, which was, it was super cool to rappel, but then like to do it off the side of these waterfalls was, was just, it was crazy. Well, the second waterfall, or sorry, the second um, rappel wasn't really a rappel, it was what they called the monkey drop, where instead of rappelling where you're kind of, uh, jumping and bouncing, so to speak, off the, the cliff face, the rock face, you, you were basically, it was just a free fall. You were strapped in, you were harnessed in. It was basically just a free fall, I don't know, 75, 80 feet, Lawrence, somewhere in there. Um, and then they, they essentially with the ropes kind of caught you, slowed you down at the end, and then dunked you into this really, really cold 
uh, natural pool. It was awesome. Well, as we're standing up there looking off this drop, this, excuse me, this drop, uh, people are starting to get a little nervous because it literally is just a free fall. Like you're just, you're just jumping and it looks like into this, this abyss. And so uh, one of the ladies behind us was like, hey, is it, is it cool? Is it, can we grab the rope and uh, kind of control ourselves that way? And he said, yeah, you are, you are more than welcome to grab the rope. And everybody's like, oh, cool, we can slow down. And he said, it won't change anything, but you're welcome to grab the rope. <laughs> Go for it. He said, you know, if anything, like it may give you a rope burn, but you're welcome to grab onto it. You know, Worry is that way, right? Worry doesn't change anything. Even proactively worrying doesn't change anything. It just burns a little bit. How many of us have been controlling and worrying and God's offering us a better way to just trust him? To live our lives in every way with all of our heart, trusting responding to his guidance, resting in his goodness. And maybe you say, well, how do I know God is good? How, how do I know that he's trustworthy? Really simple biblical answer, because he died for you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he bled and died to pay the price for your sins because he cares for you, because he loves you. Like, what a silly, foolish thought and way to live, like to acknowledge, yes, God, I know you love me so much that you left heaven's throne to come and die for me. You experienced all the pain of this world, more pain than I will face. You uh, faced abandonment, hardship, death on a cross, but I'm not sure I trust you with my life in these aspects. That's ridiculous, right? He died for us. We can trust him. We know he's good. His body was broken. His blood was shed for you and me. If you were encouraged by today's message, subscribe and rate us wherever you stream your podcasts. To learn more about the venue at Southcrest, visit us online at southcrest.org or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Southcrest Baptist Church. 